0: welcome to a new episode of culture hang with me hannah and me holly the podcast where we talk about pop culture and it can be from any time ever up until this week (laughs) (laughs) um we also have lots of social media that you can follow and get in touch with us on there if there's something you want us to talk about or something you've disagreed with or agreed with we would love to know um, mm-hmm. just general feedback is good too or just a like a follow it's always helpful um but if you've listened before you'll know that we always like to start with like pop culture we've enjoyed this week or mm-hmm. not necessarily enjoyed but been forced to see um <laughs> holly kick us off
1: i feel like i was very prepared at the beginning of when we finished the last recording, yeah. I was like, "I'm going to pay attention all week." And then I so I did, and then I think I had a gap, and I don't know what I was doing. So if mine's a bit patchy, I do apologize. It's okay. um, we, didn't, we didn't
0: say we were perfect. We not like <laughs> this isn't a perfect situation. We often misreport. No. Don't expect the best from us. <laughs> yeah, we're not journalists. Yeah. We're just doing this for fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we try, but occasionally there'll be
1: mistakes. There'll be things slipping through the net. Yeah. So, the saddest thing, um, that really should I think should have like a proper investigation about yeah. it is that eight people died and two hundred I think were injured.
0: Yeah. And then Travis Scott. Has died now. Oh, I know. God. Anyway, say that.
1: Again. So Astro World.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Travis Scott was performing and. There are harrowing accounts that were floating around on social media about how people were begging security, but they were being, like, drowned out. The security was ignoring them. Ambulances couldn't get in. There's this terrible video of this guy dancing on top of an ambulance. So... And then I think there was a little bit of, like, discourse floating around where people were comparing it to the Ariana Grande um, Manchester attacks. Oh, okay. And, so um... different. No, because no. that was a terrorist attack. And she couldn't do was... anything
0: about it. <laughs> she didn't do it. She,
1: like, she suffered from it as yeah. well. She didn't keep playing no. throughout the terrorist attack. There was Can none of that. Like, like, it was...
0: no. No, you just wouldn't.
1: You can't compare the two. So if you were even thinking that they're similar, no 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 they're not similar.
0: Um
1: it was so I remember that day because I had friends that went to that were in like went to the concert and it was like, oh my goodness, are they are they fine? Are they like waking up at like six in the morning and seeing my phone and seeing the notification? Like so obviously huge tragedies. This was an entirely preventable um issue. And I think it also puts a lot of Stuff about like greater responsibility, so yes, even though Travis was the artist and he couldn't know what was going on in the crowd, he could have stopped playing as soon as yeah. you see there's an issue. you must be able to see certain things well from the stage
0: and when they put like they've compared it to so many other artists who have stopped shows to help mm-hmm. people, it seems strange that you yeah. didn't even suspect something was happening, and yeah. I think there was a police report that said that there had been calls for the show to be stopped. Like there had been, like official Mm. people had gone and tried to stop the show and they wouldn't stop it. So like there's a level of responsibility on him because I, like he should have seen something. Mm -hmm. And there's so, like I keep seeing people putting videos up, like there's one of Adele and stuff like that when she's performing at Glastonbury. And she notices that something's happened and she sorts it out. And she yeah. gets that. so I don't know I'm not p- placing full blame on him that seems unfair but I mean if it comes out that he had any idea I think he should shoulder a lot of that responsibility as should the people that were dancing on top of the ambulances
1: yeah, yeah. and not realising the severity of the situation because people are like they get suffocated that's how they die in these instances and, like, and it's just like
0: the videos of people chanting stop the show and yeah. you can't tell me he didn't hear like any of that yeah he didn't he or someone didn't wasn't aware of what was going on yeah and think oh something might be wrong he could have asked yeah. a question he didn't have to like if he didn't he was unsure he could have asked someone like why are there ambulances here
1: yeah and just check in and not just encourage this like violent mob it seemed like that people were being crushed and couldn't get out so It's absolutely tragic. I think there's no other way to describe it, but it was, it's to do with like administrative mismanagement. um, Yeah. And they should have had different security. It should have been funneled differently. So I think it's really sad that we still have instances where this happens after Hillsborough and after other like massive disasters um, that they haven't learned from it. Like, especially in COVID times. Like, I I can't imagine. Like,
0: like, people are rushing through to get into this venue. Like, they were. I think there was reports of them like jumping over the barriers as soon as it opened up yeah. and like hounding security. So, mm. you know, be careful. <laughs> just be careful yeah. in general like you're not fully even if like something like that's not going to happen, you're not fully safe now. So just mm-hmm. check check yourself a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was like the big sad thing that yeah. happened this week. Um and then a little, little fun thing. Um, I think they did it for publicity. But Rolling Stone tried to cancel Noodle the Pug, um, calling him Chugi. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the week, and I don't know what their angle was. I don't know if they were doing it just to get wild TikTok up because everyone, everyone loves Noodle the Pug. Like you can't not.
0: Yeah, I mean. Go against him, and also <laughs> no one like, realized the article was out. Like it it was only (laughs) recognized like days after it had been released, so it wasn't even like people like oh no Rolling Stones. It was like a couple of days after. It was like why have you tried to do this? Um, And also, I feel like chuggy. Didn't we all have a realization where we realized that the most chuggy thing was the word chuggy or the term Mm -hmm. or any use of it? Yeah. Um, So Rolling Stones, right? Like isn't aren't you meant to write about music? <laughs> Jesus. Do Stay your in your lane. Stay in your lane. No one wants to hear your thoughts on Noodle the Pug. I don't want to hear anyone's <laughs> thoughts other than like if someone's like, I really enjoy that. I don't want to yeah. read an official article about <laughs> something that's a little bit fun on TikTok. <laughs> Calm down.
1: Stop it. Um and my final two things are good things. Um so the Internet was gone mental because Taylor Swift has released her version of Red. And there was all this rush. There's all these, like, Americans in record stores. And that's all I've been seeing. As someone who doesn't consume Taylor Swift, I'm just happy that other people are finding this enjoyment. I think what she's doing is quite revolutionary in that she's taking back autonomy and um, not... And she's got such, like, a loyal fan base that they're going to follow her. They're not going to keep... Giving the royalties to her abusive producer, yeah. so I think it's I think it's a you know it's made people really happy, and I'm just happy for that.
0: I am personally um very impressed by her just what seems to be a personal attack on Jake Gyllenhaal, or isn't it very subtle one? But <laughs> everyone else has decided Jake Gyllenhaal, it's it for you, because if you didn't know, <laughs> and I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's yeah. it's difficult to um she originally released in the original album of red the song all too well and it was kind of known that that was about jake gyllenhaal and um you know it doesn't paint him in a very good light but it's not the worst thing you know it's like oh Mm -hmm. he was a bad boyfriend um she then with this one released a 10 minute long version of that song um just annihilating the man And then a short film, (laughs) which stars Dylan O'Brien and Sadie Sink, who's the little, like, ginger girl from Stranger Things. And if you're like me, you may think, because they're playing a couple in it, you might be thinking, oh, that's disgusting. She's a child. Mm. Um, She's 19 and he is, I think, 30 which is roughly the same ages that Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal were when they dated. I think she was 20 and he was just turning 30. Uh, And when you look at it that way and you watch this child with an adult man, Mm. it really puts it in perspective. And then she makes the comment in it, something like, you know, I'm going to get older and you're still going to be dating girls my age. And Jake Gyllenhaal is 40 now and his current girlfriend is 25.
1: Oh my god.
0: It's getting hard to support you, Jake. And I don't... Yeah, he's kind of
1: been allowed to slip under the radar with it as well. Like, I didn't know he was dating a 25-year-old no, in a did Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, kind of way. I didn't know. Way.
0: But also, do you remember, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I think I sent it to you, Holly, about the article that came out quite recently where they interviewed Jake Gyllenhaal, and he was basically being like, women are better than men. Um, oh, yeah. And I genuinely believe this was like a part of his PR that were like, yeah. you have to start doing damage control now. <laughs> like, come out as the biggest feminist ever because this is really rough, <laughs> and it was. And it also mentions in it that he had a like um, his key ring said like, "Down with the patriarchy" or something like that. Or it was like something yeah, about that. Suck. So I, it's not looking good. Um, but I really respect imagining jake gyllenhaal right now just fighting for his life (laughs) fighting for his career please keep giving me roles it's fab and i'm waiting for when she re-releases dear john about john mayer oh my god for the john mayer slander i am ready for it
1: We need to remind ourselves, because I think people have forgotten, which is why we did a Patreon episode on John Mayer, because he's a terrible human! we were shocked
0: when we were doing it, we were like, (laughs) he's terrible. So, the poor girl, (laughs) I didn't realise all this stuff happened to her when she was like, Mm. literally 20 and younger, and then it makes you realise that a 20-year-old girl, and younger, a teenage girl, writing songs about men in their 30s who treated her badly, and then getting hate for it, maybe wasn't the Mm. appropriate response from society, but... (laughs)
1: We'll see. Let's hope we do it better this time.
0: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> please. Anyway, what, did you have one more thing? <laughs>
1: I have one more thing, which is finally, Britney is free.
0: Yes, Woo! I was very happy. So I feel like this oh, was announced very under the radar.
1: It was super late at night. Yeah. I saw it at like I think I went to bed at like half twelve, and I was like,
0: <gasps> "Jedward was there though. What? was there. <laughs> because of course they would be they were just like yes Brittany oh, this is Jeff So I, love that. <laughs> I but, love that but yeah I'm so happy um, mm-hmm. I mean still want to know more about her father being terrible and her mother and mm-hmm. her whole family um, but I'm so happy for her
1: finally yes. freedom day has arrived congratulations you. oh, no, on your birthday as well happy birthday it really, yeah
0: what a gift <laughs> to me <laughs> I have one more thing and I feel I'm just gonna Ooh, bring yeah. the mood down with it. Sorry. Okay. Um, everyone's favourite girl, Dakota Johnson, turned out to be a terrible human. Do you know oh, about Dakota, this? what um, so have you done? She was interviewed and asked about cancel culture and starts talking because she has worked with Johnny Depp, Army Hammer and Shia LaBeouf. She recalled (laughs) an incredible experience working with them, saying, "I never experienced that firsthand from any of those people. I had an incredible time working with them. I feel sad for the loss of great artists. (gasps) You don't feel sad, Army Hammer. Yeah, you don't feel sad for you know the women that were affected by these people. Yeah, Army Hammer. She really and Child Above
1: and fucking Child Above. fk
0: Twigs. You don't want to support her." disgusting and then she ends it by saying but yeah cancel culture is a, such a fucking downer i hate that term <laughs> yeah i'm sorry it's <laughs> so inconvenient that your co-stars literally are being accused of rape and yeah. abuse physical and emotional and yeah, the world's really
1: losing their brightest stars yeah isn't it? no dakota
0: actually it was army hammer i think we can live without him he's not even that good like I know, people like call me by your name, but really, how many people out there were a diehard Army Hammer fan? He wasn't even ever anyone's favorite in Call Me by Your Name. He was the creep in Call Me by Your Name. <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf. Aww. Shia LaBeouf. Do you think Shia LaBeouf is a great loss to us? Artistically. No. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even
1: think about him anymore since fka twigs he's been like erased from yeah. my mind i feel like so yeah dakota that FK FK. is yeah
0: oh, she doesn't even live in that nice kitchen anymore so that was the best thing about yeah, her. i know and she doesn't even like limes she's allergic to them so
1: she's just a fake
0: yeah, and fake I'm sick of it dakota hate it hated that <laughs> um but anyway holly what are we doing today
1: well, I think that brings us nicely uh, so onto yeah. <laughs> the subject of today's topic, which is the infamous, the edgelord himself, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's been brewing for a little while. We yeah. have been, there's been instances where we're like, hmm, there's another thing that he's done. Maybe we should talk about this in a wider context because I don't like what I'm hearing. <laughs>
0: I definitely feel this podcast if it gets out to certain people, and depending on what TikTok's little snippets we put on TikTok, um, we will get a lot of hate for this because I know a lot yeah. of people really like Quentin Tarantino, and mm. I'm not necessarily saying... Like, I feel like this is your time to tell me to separate the art from the artist, because if you really like his films, fair enough. But you yeah. have to recognise that the man has done some bizarre things. Yeah. And done them in his films too so i'm not saying his films are bad no i think people go on about pulp fiction a lot but i think it's a very good film too i think it's still okay for us to recognize that he's done bad things
1: and i think that's what's part of it because the more this goes on i'm starting to think like it's important for me to know terrible things about the person yeah as I can consu- see, as I make the choice to consume their art or not, mm-hmm. because it's like, well, I, you, if they're alive, you're supporting them. Yeah. So, I think in this instance, yeah, we're not really going to talk about the films. The films are like a separate entity yeah. in Quentin Tarantino verse. I, like, <laughs> I feel
0: like I would say some of the films I think are quite good. I like them. I see why you would be obsessed with them. They seem very nuanced in parts, like, mm-hmm. and depending on how you choose to see it, some of them female character wise. Aren't the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, Mm. there's some directors that are quite bad. I feel like when he has a female character that he really likes and he writes them well, they can be really good. For example, in in *Inglorious Bastards*, I think that's one of his best female characters in there, and Mm. he kind of does a very good job of portraying like a woman being portrayed uh, being like pursued by a man that she is not interested in, and Mm. it basically leading to her death in the end. Mm. And I. So I'm not saying that the film's bad. I don't think either of us are. No. I'm not saying you can't love the film, but we're not even really going to focus on that. No. Focusing on him in pop culture and how many weird things he's done. (laughs) So where do you want to start?
1: I think we should start with uh, Uma. Uma Thurman. okay. And especially in... I think it was definitely Me Too... 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gearing up for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because he's making this big thing that he's gonna end it on his tenth film, which is whatever the next film yeah. is gonna be, that has a big whatever. And so Uma <laughs> talks about how on the set of Kill Bill he convinced her to get into a car that she didn't want to get into, a stunt car. Yeah. Um, she crashes it into a tree. And he was just like, it's all fine. Go in. It's fine. He was really... She says he was furious because I'd cost him a lot of time and money. Um, But I was scared. He said, I promise you the car is fine. It's a straight piece of the road. And she crashes. And then apparently the stuntman comes out afterwards and said it it could have decapitated her. Yeah. That's like the... And she like fucks up her knee. And she is injured from it. Mm. And I mean he has said it's the biggest regret of his life so he can apologize when he sees fit
0: i th- this is a thing if you had just taken this incident and mm. got his response from it i think you would think he's actually quite good at recognizing where he's gone wrong yeah but this is maybe one of the only incidences where he really recognizes i mean there's a couple mm. where he's like yeah i was wrong and we'll get on to it and that's quite good yes but it doesn't it's happen often yeah, oh, yeah it's the bare minimum for one and also it doesn't mm-hmm. happen often um, mm-hmm. but I do get the impression from him that he doesn't do like he doesn't do apologies for publicity I think he just mm. does him and that makes me feel that this was quite a genuine I was in the yeah. wrong but I don't know if I had nearly died from this I would care <laughs> like, if it was genuine yeah
1: like twenty years later, yeah, um, he apologizes in public for it, and it's like, well, I could have died. You got, you told me to get into this car, and it was completely safe and, when it clearly wasn't. Well, yeah, and it's and it's and it's this me... thing about like safety on sets. Yeah. Alec, but like Alec Baldwin fired a gun and it killed somebody. So it's like there's a responsibility from because every part of that person on
0: set to make sure that the <laughs> you're safe, like she everybody is safe. Didn't die. But she yeah. could have, like that's a, it, yeah. imagine if she had, like that's. The if thing. She was like
1: paralyzed or something like. It is
0: not. It doesn't like it does happen that people get injured quite badly on film sets. Like it does happen, mm. and I feel like we're just now gonna really look at it and feel like you need to be a lot safer, especially some of you directors who feel it's mm. okay to like mistreat the people on your films. Um, but yeah, that wasn't really like he did. He, he did a couple of bad things to Emma Thurman in terms of pain.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also reports that he spat on her yeah, so in one scene.
0: He has this thing where he's like... So he wants things to look authentic. Um, and the person in the scene didn't feel comfortable spitting on her. Would that not make you think maybe I shouldn't spit on her? Mm. But no. He spat on her. And I feel like if you want to feel humiliated, that's probably how you're gonna do it. Like being spat. It's so
1: vile. Yeah. And like
0: he's in the position of power, she can't really say Uh I'm uncomfortable with that. But yeah, he still go. He still goes on. He does more than he does more.
1: He uh also chokes her. In a different instance. Oh god. It's
0: not the only actress he choked as well.
1: No. No. Diane Kruger. Y- Glorious Bastards. He also uh, strangles I her. I didn't know Ow.
0: this, and like I remember watching that scene, and it's very uncomfortable. Like it's not nice mm. to watch. But I was like, I guess she's good at acting. Um, now she mm. is being strangled, and it was another situation where he was like, um, he was like, I don't think Christoph Waltz would be up to the task, so I'm gonna do it because maybe Christoph Waltz thought, I don't really want to strangle someone. That's not mm. something I've got an interest in. So he does it. And then when people like kind of called it out after the whole Uma Thurman thing, Diane Kruger was just like, yeah, I didn't mind.
1: I know, but it's not her. It's It's like, it shouldn't be in a position where he can, as the director who's in charge of all of it, can come over and just do what he wants because he's looking for authenticity in inverted commas. In like some sort of fucked up Stanley Kubrick, like, I have to subject this woman, usually, to these like violent things that are happening in the made-up land of Quentin Tarantino and I get it's comic book, it's you know, it's gratuitous, so it's that's part of it and that's what he does, but it's also you shouldn't subject you shouldn't just walk over to somebody and be like oh, not listening, not thinking well maybe we can do something different maybe we can like change the scene you can give a hint of it no I'm going to be the one to do it because no one else can manage it and this and then the women have to come up and be like well I didn't really mind I felt like it was all part of the thing and it's all fine but like it's not fine I,
0: I feel like the like the violence in this film is very comic book like it's not often yeah. gendered as a like it's not often mm-hmm. gendered violence which to be fair to him yeah. but this one in this film the Diane Kruger one seems so out of place because the rest of it is so comic book mm. and she's just being strangled. Like there's so, so much of it is like scalping people and machine guns and grenades and stuff like that. And then she gets strangled, like good old fashioned strangling and it goes on for a long mm. time. Um, so that one feels a little bit out of place. Like that one feels the yeah. specific to include i'm not saying Mm -hmm. it is gendered but it's so out in that one it's so out of place i don't think he does that often but that did you just want to strangle someone like you it's so bizarre to me
1: and i think it's that sense of like perfecting the vision of an artistic shot Comes above actually thinking, is this a right thing to do morally to another human being? Like, should this really be something that I'm subjecting somebody to when, you know, other crew members have already raised the concern that they don't want to do it? And it's like, is that not crossing your mind that you're just so focused on your whatever vision Mm -hmm. you have? And because people keep telling you you're a genius in this fucking pulp fiction. Then, you know, you're not going to divert from that and think, oh, do you know what? We'll find another way to do it. We're not going to include that. We'll suggest it. We'll do some. There's millions of ways you can do it. But he, in his position of power, was like, no, it has to happen. And then he puts his hands on someone's neck. Like, that is... And, like, fair enough
0: that she's okay with it. But, like, if it was another actor and they weren't okay with it, they're not going to say anything because, like, he's in a position of power. Yep. He's literally, and I feel we'll get into this, he works, pretty much all his films are done by, like, the Weinstein company, Miramax, Mm. um, which is kind of, even at this time, known for um, if you quit Miramax, or, like, you leave, you can get, like, blacklisted just for leaving. Um, So, you maybe would be thinking, well, I don't want to cause a scene, and, like, especially female actors are so often like portrayed as divas and hard to work with, Mm -hmm. so you don't want to, like, make this scene of but i don't want to be strangled which is a fully fair thing to say but you're probably made to feel like it's not and then you end up doing this scene and you never want to say anything about it like yeah it's fine that she's okay with it but so many other people probably wouldn't be okay and you shouldn't assume that just because one person is everyone else would be fine with that
1: yeah because you're who you are and you yeah. snap your fingers and everyone has to do it because you're the great director like and also from the way that he's acted in public interviews he's a man with a very short temper he seems super childish if he doesn't yeah. want if like he doesn't hear something he doesn't want to hear again we'll get onto it but like you, if that's how he is in public what's he like in, in charge of this whole production that's all running on his you know name his time his absolute like vision you're not going to go against no. him because of that amount of power and he needs to like see how much power he has mm. and take a, and so like yeah i think it's good he's apologized for Umatherm and stuff but also that's he's done some other things that maybe i hope he's apologized for in p- private because yeah you know
0: i feel like um allison wilmore wrote in like a buzzfeed article and i feel like this is a it's very, very good yeah it is but i think this yeah. is like the quote that sums him up um that she says not a sexual harasser but a man willing to disregard the well-being of women or overlook violence Mm -hmm. inflicted on them in order to pursue his professional goals i feel like that's the best way of putting it i don't think that he is like an all-out like sexist i think he views himself as a feminist i think he wants Mm -hmm. to do like do right by women and i think that comes with like race as well which i think we'll get into Mm -hmm. but I think in his head he's always doing the right thing i think he yeah. wrote kill bill and was like i mean how could anyone say i don't love women you know and <laughs> but it's just like these little things he does and yeah we'll talk about it he kind of overlooks violence against women in his films and in real life mm-hmm. because you know to benefit his own career yeah harvey weinstein <laughs>
1: Do you think that's who we should yeah. go to next? Yeah. Or should we do the
0: Roman Polanski stuff? Okay, do Roman Polanski. Either one. Either one is terrible <laughs> enough. Yeah, go. D- so
1: again, I think this, he had a bit of like people looking back because in 2018, just before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, an audio from 2003 where he's talking to the man we love the most on the show, Howard Stern.
0: Wow. Every good wow. comment from a celebrity comes out of Howard Stir.
1: <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. So, he's talking to Howard Stern on his show, and he says he doesn't think that Roman Polanski raped 13-year-old um, Samantha Geimer. Um, and he thinks doesn't, doesn't think it should be classed as rape. He thinks it should be classed as statutory rape. Um, because Polanski had sex with a minor. That's not rape. To me, when you use the word rape, you're talking about violence, throwing them down. It's like one of the most violent crimes in the world. And... This is why I think I mean yes it's 2003 mm-hmm. but if that's your one vision of sexual assault sexual violence
0: yeah.
1: you're missing all the nuances it's like oh, you've yeah. never spoken to a clearly he's never spoken to a woman about the experience of being a woman even though he has these quite like nuanced female characters that he's really invested in and mm-hmm. you know is interested in female pain yeah. and that you know like the female perspective definitely but to say that uh, about yeah. a 13 year old? And he also says that she's has...
0: down with it. Yeah. So I don't, like, I think he's just looking for a way to support this man. Because there is no way I believe mm. that that is his view on rape. And I'm going to put in, like, um, a content warning now. Skip five minutes ahead. But in, Yeah, this whole thing is a yeah, content warning. It will be in the description <laughs> as well. Yeah. In Kill Bill, it is revealed that. So. She, I guess this is a small spoiler, but I honestly don't think it is. Um, the bride, I feel like that's what Uma Thurman's character is yeah. called, is um, in a coma for four years, and it's like revealed as part of the film that during those four years on the coma, men are coming in and raping her. Jesus. That is not violent, is it? So in that mm. case, does he not view that as rape, even though he acts out a revenge like thing? In the film mm. where she takes revenge on the main man who was organising this. And clearly she views it as rape. Clearly it's written as mm. rape. But do you not view that as rape? Because she wasn't being thrown down? Because she was unconscious the whole time? Like, so clearly mm. he doesn't believe that. Because that's yeah. written in his film as a being, like, something traumatic.
1: I think this... I don't know if it was for shock. But maybe you're right. Maybe that was the motivation that it was, like, he wanted to keep working with Polanski. And this was the way he could be like it wasn't what people are saying is like it shouldn't
0: well i mean maybe maybe and i really wouldn't agree with it but maybe if his sole argument was you're all saying rape technically it's statutory rape i could see where he was coming from and how he could grow from that but he says that like a 13 year old cannot be down with it that is the point of the title statutory rape they cannot consent to it it's yeah so i don't agree with what he's saying in any way but if he'd worded it differently maybe you could say like oh maybe he just needed to learn no i think he's just offending a man so he can continue working with him Mm. or working with people like that and then after that he does decide to still include Roman Polanski, like an actor portraying Roman Polanski, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, which, like, he loves rewriting history. Mm-hmm. Does it in so many of his films? Does it in this film? But he couldn't write Roman Polanski out of it, or just not include him in the film. He was integral mm. to your film.
1: And there was, um, I can't, I think it was, I can't remember the guy's first name. Hirsch. He was playing um, the friend of Sharon Tate the hairdresser mm. that was also murdered that night the actor that played that has got sexual abuse allegations yep. against him as well from 2015 so there are choices made that you just wish they'd done something different yeah. or something better and it is like if you can you know if you can rewrite that story so that she survives yeah. in the end why did you still include Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski because if you've rewritten it you've gone like far far out in all of that yeah. so You know, do something different. But I think you're right. I think he's part of this establishment. He does apologise to Samantha Gimer for saying this because she speaks to the news and she says he's wrong to suggest that she gave consent and that she would feel better if she admitted he wrong. So he calls her to apologise in person and then releases a statement to IndieWire um, stating that she actually was raped by Polanski. So again, I think it's that instance where he... can admit that he's wrong and sees like the wider implications of where he's overstepped the mark so but again this is in 2018 when it resurfaces and also if
0: i was her i would be like well fair enough but why why are you still including him in your film like why are you even mentioning his name because the whole thing like he was trying to represent like he says his representation of sharon tate has like made it so people don't just view her as like that actress that was murdered now which i don't really Mm -hmm. think was the case anyway but fair enough no. But you're still why have you included like, obviously people's belief about Roman Polanski now is that he is a pedophile because he is um mm-hmm. you must know that. Why have you included him like if you can reinvent one person, can't you reinvent Sharon Tate without her association with Roman Polanski as well? Yeah. That seems like something you could easily do if you're gonna reinvent her completely and have her not really talk.
1: And again, has to be smoothed over by um, Margot Robbie, who plays Sharon Tate in the film, in a press conference. Because, what does he say? Like, I reject your hypothesis. The
0: the interviewer is like, um, it's not even criticism. That's the thing that gets me. The interviewer says, (laughs) this is a person talking about um, Sharon Tate. Oh no, talking about Margot Robbie. This is a person with great acting talent, and yet you haven't given her many lines in the movie. I guess that was a deliberate choice on your part, and I just wanted to know why that we don't hear her speak that much. So it's not even them saying why, like, y- you didn't let her speak, you should have let her speak. No, They're saying, was... like, I guess that's deliberate. What's your reasoning yeah. behind that? And he did have reasoning behind that. I mean, I don't think it's great reasoning, but he did. But instead of sharing that at this point, he gets offended and says, like you said, well, I reject your hypotheses. And then Margot Robbie is left to respond to a film she didn't write. She probably didn't know she <laughs> wouldn't get that many lines in it. She probably wanted more lines. Yeah. I mean. But
1: had to do that, like, female thing of stepping in and smoothing it over when there's criticism thrown at him, which I think is very interesting in, like, again, the power dynamics because he's the big director. He's thrown his toys out the pram. So, like, his underling, yeah. who had nothing to do with it like you said nothing to do with writing the script no. she just learned her lines and she performed her part and has to go in and say actually you know i think the lines she got were really important and just doing that like super gendered thing because the male genius is like i refuse to answer this question because it's offended me <laughs> it's I, like this is I, not I, the way to
0: clearly, i think it maybe got to a bit that people were accusing him of like sexism in this film with sharon tate basically mm. not having many lines at all and Just the representation of her being quite strange, Uh, and it seeming like some sort of fantasy he had of just like I can Mm. go back and save this woman, like. mm. Um, But I don't understand. Like, I'm guessing he'd had a lot of people saying that, and then it got to this question. It was the end of his tether because I have (laughs) no idea why he didn't just answer it or say, "Well, like personally, I think she has enough lines," or something like that. Other than yeah. I reject your hypotheses. Can you imagine the arrogance? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you have a reasoning for it. Share it. Yeah. This is your lead thing. Yeah. There
1: is a reason for everything about this film. Like,
0: (laughs) you've got to do it. Their reasoning was that they wanted. I didn't write it down so I might be misremembering it but it was like they wanted to show her like full of life so the absolute opposite mm. of how people remembered her so they wanted her like, dancing and giggling and, and I think a lot of people do really like the scene where she's like watching herself but it's actually real Sharon Tate on a film and she's like really happy um, about it and a lot of people like that fair enough you could have shared any of these things after being asked that question <laughs> and yet you just yeah. didn't so great um i do think that idea of like him wanting to save um sharon tate is kind of like ironic because when he talks about i just think we're going to knowing about harvey weinstein or having some Mm. knowledge of stuff happening because he did um he says i wish i had sat him down and had the uncomfortable conversation i didn't know about any rapes or anything like that but i knew he was like you know i chalked it up to the boss chasing the secretary around the desk that's how i kind of looked at it him making unwanted advances and i feel like with that he's trying to do the same thing where he's like i'm going to rewrite history like i would like to Mm. rewrite it where i am the savior again like i'm gonna save these women and I just feel like it's too little too late. I rec- like I respect mm. that he's recognising he could have done a lot more, which is more than most people in Hollywood have done. Yeah. But it's too late to say, I wish I'd had a chat with him. You had the opportunity and you didn't take it. Yeah. Just say like, it, I could have done more. Years.
1: Yeah yeah and not do and he's so kind of rambling and of course another favorite of our shows uh he's talking to joe rogan um about this
0: oh no it's just so bizarre like as soon as i knew he'd been interviewed (laughs) by joe rogan i was like quentin you like really just fitting into the stereotype about you
1: (laughs) yeah everything you're like just helping the case saying that you're like aligning yourself with strange people so he also calls um harvey weinstein a fucked up father figure to himself which i found very disturbing it me. but then again he says in this interview i wish i sat him down and gone harvey you can't do this you're going to fuck up everything i don't think anybody talked to him about it and the thing about it is that everybody who was in his orbit knew about it um they didn't know any probably they didn't know anything about the rapes but they had heard things so obviously this is reiterating that everybody in the office kind of knew because yeah. of course you can't act this way and nobody knows with this massive well, yeah, company. Like
0: Women were coming out all the time. Yes! They like, had to do all these
1: NDAs yeah, and all so these court cases. People, so.
0: and, um, there was a specific reason why Quentin Tarantino knew though because mm. two women in particular told him about it and what yeah. did he do? Nothing. Nothing. Oh no, I think he had a word with him after one of them.
1: Was it a woman he was dating? So it was
0: a woman he was dating, which, like, forgive me, I cannot remember her name right now. Um, She had harassed her and she told Quentin and he was like, sorry, like, uh, what do you want me to do? And then Uma Thurman had told him, because, mm. like, she's in a very uncomfortable, well, everyone was in an uncomfortable situation, but it's, like, her boss and then the boss of her boss. So she obviously went to her boss to mm. be like, can you please do something about this and i think at that point he did say something to harvey and then harvey like apologized to ruma thurman
1: but again wouldn't do it off his own back it was like another man has to bring it to him and a very like in the final line and it's like i'm not going to say something as soon as i see it it's I'm going to tell her, I like, he doesn't even say it. He says he wishes he told Harvey, you can't do this because you're going to fuck everything up. Not stop doing this to people because you're ruining people's lives. It's, you're going to, like, all the, the bubble's going to burst. The company's going to go under. Yeah. You're going to go to prison. Like, it's, it's like it's about him at the centre. It's not like you need to change your behaviour to be a better person mm-hmm. and not abuse your power. It's your, everything's going to go out from under you because this is obviously going to come around. So it's like... That shouldn't be the motivation for why you want to tell somebody. Because obviously Miramax is like you said, funding every Quentin Tarantino film. Exactly. And I feel like So it adversely affects his practice as well. And it's like, no, do it to stop them being terrible. It just
0: like even more like proves what Alison Wilmore was saying about he is willing to disregard like women like the well being of women. Like he's more than happy to use them in his films. And other than Mm. that, he's quite supportive, but he will disregard you if it means his career can continue
1: yeah and that's how the whole culture exists Mm -hmm. and carries on and will only be rooted out when men actually
0: stop this behavior when they see it as soon when
1: they all start to think that it's as wrong as it we think it is (laughs) oh
0: yeah (laughs) i mean i feel like just another small thing about his like links with harvey weinstein is uh, have you listened to the catch and kill podcast I have right. So you know when he's uh, talking to, which I really recommend everyone. Like it's great, it's of course, it's going to yeah. be great. Um, but well, great in a sad way. Um, he, <laughs> when he's talking to Kim Masters about um Harvey Weinstein, and she's mm. saying about how he, this whole thing about Inglorious Bastards and how her dad was a because Inglorious Bastards is about like Jewish men who were part of like an elite fighting squad to kill Nazis. Mm-hmm. Kim Masters like father is essentially like the real deal of this. He was Jewish but he was in the British Commandos which is like elite um, in World War II I think. Okay. Um, And he had written a book about this which Harvey Weinstein had optioned but not paid for Um, so but it does seem and I really don't know the story of this because I'm sure Quentin Tarantino didn't steal the story he probably just stole that that was an aspect Mm. of history but It seems a bit suspicious, but none of these men, because she interviews them, none of the men are happy about the presentation because it makes them, like, Mm. that in the film, they're just, like, guys with baseball bats who are going round and, like, they're really brutal in it. And all of these men are saying, like, one, we wouldn't do that. We were, like, really trained. And two, like, it makes them seem so violent and thoughtless when what they're saying is, like, we did not enjoy killing. It was not something we Mm -hmm. wanted to do. And oftentimes, like, they were looking at the people they were killing and they were like, well, they're just like us. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's one guy, Terry, who says that he's talking about killing this German soldier and he says he had his hands up and he still shot him and he said, I wouldn't shoot anyone with their hands up. It's bothered me ever since. So they just Mm -hmm. live with this. And then I yeah. guess if you saw Inglorious Bastards come out and it's just these people going around like boom death to you death to you and like in, yeah. in theory it's a it's a good film but like the people who it's based on who I guess maybe thought they were having their story told aren't happy with it and mm. protect, I mean that might not fully be down to Quentin Tarantino and I know a lot of people love it but I it seems very suspicious to me like was it feels weird that Harvey Weinstein was optioning this book that he wouldn't Mm. pay for and that this film comes out but also no one's happy about their presentation in this film
1: because clearly they weren't consulted it was just like
0: no it was like we like violence we're rewriting it and like obviously i know a lot of people probably like it because as a rewriting of history it like is very fulfilling like you Mm -hmm. spoiler hitler dies at the end so it's like you know it's it's nice in that but then at the end like when it's compared to someone's real life, I guess they found that quite upsetting that they were just like portrayed as ruthless ki- killers when like they have to live for the rest of their life with mm. like guilt, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was reading about that, I was like, oh yep. my god, none of it is good. Like none of it is no, none of it is good. None of it is. What should we move on to next, Hannah?
0: I I think. I want to say the racism because I, yeah. I want to end on just feet because I don't have any specific like <laughs> comment on the feet, but I just feel it needs to be ended on to lighten the mood. Um, racism. Yeah. My favorite mm-hmm. thing—I mean, obviously, hate all of this—but my favorite thing about Quentin Tarantino is his long, long feud with Spike Lee. Um, it's incredible, and obviously, I'm Team Spike Lee because yeah, as we would be. Yeah, but it's—it's it's just he disregards everything Spike Lee says when I, what I would say is Quentin, I recommend just listening to him and mm. hearing him out a bit, that might be helpful yeah um, so it starts with Quentin releasing Jackie Brown, which I really mm-hmm. don't know enough about to make any no. comment on it, but apparently it was an homage to 1970s exploitation films And it has excessive use of the N-word in it. Apparently it's used Mm -hmm. 38 times.
1: Which is a lot for like a feature film. Yeah. 38 times is a lot.
0: And written by a white man. By a white man. It seems quite bizarre and not right. And Spike Lee has thoughts. (laughs) He has thoughts. Um, He thinks, he says that Quentin is infatuated with that word. Which, hmm. and then he says, "What does he want to be made, an honorary black man?" Um, because I kind of, I think at least Quentin does want someone to like be like, "Ah, oh, you are. You you're doing so much for like black people." Yeah. And, what was
1: the the John Mayer thing that he said that oh gosh, was yeah. in that awful interview that was like, "Oh, it, oh, I've got a hood pass." Literally,
0: that is what this before is before he says the N word. John Mayer. So I feel like Brendan Tarantino. <laughs> same person <laughs> Cause you, do you have what he says after this criticism about like being a writer
1: um yes i do he says as a writer i demand the right to write any character in the new sorry i'll just do that again because <laughs> there's too many rights yeah All, like, it's not different. well
0: written
1: no <laughs> ironically yeah. as a writer i demand the right to write any character in the world that i want to write and that's all he said and he said and I can't and to say that I can't do that because I'm white it's racist
0: well do you know what it's giving me as well um Scarlett Johansson when someone said you can't play trans people and she was like I'm an actor I should be able to play whoever I want I should be able to play a tree if I wanted to just take the criticism guys take mm. it because like, that's the thing, he's so good at taking criticism in other ways, but he couldn't accept yeah. this just because it's affecting his career. All he had to do was not include the N-word in the rest of his films and, yeah. I don't know, talk to Spike Lee, work with Spike Lee. Any of these yeah. would work. Um, but it, it couldn't... Well, I guess it kind of like... They don't really have much to do with each other. And then Django Unchained is released in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently... Includes the N-word a hundred times.
1: So he just doubled down. Yeah. He was more like, than We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how many I can fit into this feature length film. Like what the arrogance of it. The arrogance I that know. you've got a black director, one of the few that's been allowed into the yeah. Hollywood sphere. Yeah. Telling you to stop it and that maybe you should have some critical thought about yeah. this. And you go. No! You thought 38 was a lot. I'm going to get characters to say over a hundred times. Because, do you know what? It needs it. Not written by you. No. Fund a film of a black person who's going to do something. Like, and that's different. It's the context. Like You have enough money to endorse anything. Like You can be a producer on something. It doesn't have to be directed by you. This is not your story to tell. Just because... You're gonna get the funding for it because you're Quentin Tarantino. Like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Why are you obsessed with this? Thinking that, yeah, this is absolutely. I'm the right person to tell this story. You're not. No, you're not. You're absolutely not. No, you're not.
0: Um. So Spike Lee says that it's disrespectful to his ancestors. Mm-hmm. The film, and then he tweets saying that. Um, American slavery was not a spaghetti western. It was a holocaust. Mm. My ancestors are slaves stolen from Africa. I will honour them. Um, which, listen to him, Quentin. Yeah. Because, like, just be respectful for once. Just respect what people are saying. That's the thing. I think he just likes to take people's stories and make them his own. When what I think you should do is a listen to what they're saying about their story. It's the same with the *Inglorious* *Inglorious Bastards* thing. Listen to what yeah. they're saying about their stories, and mm-hmm. just incorporate it or consult them. Anything would be better than this. Mm-hmm. Anything. <laughs> Literally, the bar is low. Um, yeah, he also got into trouble for *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood* his depictions of race. So it's still. Mm. ongoing because of a little um, inclusion of Bruce Lee, uh, an absolute legend, but mm. in his film he Bruce Lee comes across as very arrogant, not mm. necessarily a nice person, and challenges Brad Pitt's character to a fight, which I believe Brad Pitt's character wins. Which... Obviously, he never would. Like, (laughs) why even
1: include that? I know it's embarrassing for you. Like,
0: Like, it's embarrassing. Like, even if you just left it at that, it's so embarrassing that you think Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. I don't think. No offense to Brad Pitt. I don't think he could beat many people in a fight. (laughs) I don't think he's like. I know he was literally in Fight Club, but like, (laughs) I just don't see it. Like, I've never seen him as like someone who is like, yeah. I'm a fighter. No. Warrior. Little blonde boy. Yeah. Who apparently wasn't very nice in his marriage, but we'll not go on to that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so basically, Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, has a a lot of comments on this, as you would, and so does Mm -hmm. everyone else, and talks about how Avala comes across as an arrogant asshole, which obviously you wouldn't love. And then says, I understand they want to make Brad Pitt's character this super badass who could beat up Bruce Lee, which, again, just very unrealistic. Uh, But they didn't have to treat him in the way that white Hollywood did when he was alive. Mm. And then, (laughs) on Joe Rogan, of course, Quentin Tarantino comes back and says, I can understand his daughter having a problem with it. It's her fucking father. Everyone else, go suck a dick. So that's a good way to take (laughs) criticism. Um, It's very mature, isn't isn't it? it? It's really... (laughs) Handled well. I mean, you can't understand that maybe people would be one upset for his daughter as well, and two just upset with you in general because you're it was weird what you did, and then she says it's very well written. She says, "I'm tired of hearing from white men in Hollywood that he was arrogant and an asshole." Um, mm. i'm tired of white men in hollywood mistaking his confidence passion and skill for hubris and therefore finding it necessary to marginalize him and his contributions i'm tired of white men in hollywood finding it too challenging to believe that bruce lee might have been good at what he did and maybe even knew how to do it better than them mm. i think that's so well put and 100 yeah. percent right that it mm-hmm. just can't he just can't admit that maybe Bruce Lee was a legend and could do it better than most people well majority of people particularly Brad Pitt yeah I honestly put I just can't believe that that was included in the film
1: it's fairly unnecessary as well isn't it to just like show up showcase Brad Pitt's character it just doesn't doesn't add anything
0: I know and I feel like he kind of does a similar thing in um, Kill Bill as well when he has like um Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu like face off, and obviously Uma Thurman mm. wins because she's the main character. But you have this whole backstory of Lucy Liu's character that she's literally like the head of like this, like, what is it, the Yakuza? The... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's the head of that, um, of like all of the different ones. She's in charge. So <laughs> she's literally a legend. She killed her first person at like the age of 14 or something. <laughs> and then you just have like little blonde Uma Thurman come in. and literally a yellow like tracksuit which is an homage to um bruce lee
1: bruce lee yeah
0: and you have her win (laughs) um but yeah it's just a really strange fascination that he has of like i think proving that like he as a white man is capable of doing things like he can write all these different people Mm. and be successful and no one can tell him otherwise
1: and it's really... And just doesn't accept criticism. Because no. there was another, like, little instance in 2015. So he's accepting the Golden Globes on behalf of the composer who did the score for The Hateful Eight. Okay. And he's like, it's my favourite composer ever. Fair enough. And then he says, when I say my favourite composer, I don't mean movie composer. That ghetto. I'm talking about Mozart. I'm talking about Beethoven. I'm talking about Schubert. And then, like, <laughs> when people were like... That's a weird thing to say. He then starts going like, I don't ever give a shit. Like starts going on this like tirade.
0: Isn't that weird? Yeah. I just don't like so much of his actions. It's just like, why? You, they, why? Explain this. Expl- like, you could like, never no. do that to him because he would never explain it. <laughs> no. I think maybe you're right in that like people have just told him he's a genius and he's listened. maybe Yeah. And maybe he thinks like, I don't need to, like, have my actions questioned because I am a mm. genius. Um, like, there is literally no imposter syndrome there. He is... <laughs> I am a genius. <laughs> but do you have anything else to say other than feet? Um, Just before the feet, just before. there's
1: a fairly funny clip that I didn't know about um, from an interview that's happening between him and uh Rumi. Oh, Krishnagar I knew Murthy. about
0: this. This is one of the... <laughs> This is one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever seen. It's, <laughs> it's so, so
1: uncomfortable. embarrassing. Yeah. It's just so embarrassing. So, like for the international listeners, uh, Krishna Guru Murthy is a Channel Four news presenter who's like turns up on kind of panel shows sometimes. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I think he's quite a good news presenter. Have no issue yeah. with him. Um, so he asks Quentin his opinion on the link between film violence and real-life violence, which is one of those things that, like, is a pushing point. They talk about, like, the influence of violence in society from watching violent Mm -hmm. films. And same with video games. It's not a new talking point. Quentin goes, I'm not your slave and you're not my master. You can't make me dance to your tune. I'm not a monkey. I don't want to talk about the implications of violence. The reason I don't talk... Don't want to talk about it because I've said everything I have to say about it. If anyone cares what I have to say about it, they can Google me. They can look for twenty years what I have to say. I haven't changed my opinion one iota. And then he told uh, Krishnan, "I'm shutting your butt down."
0: It's so awkward. Like I feel like we haven't really (laughs) displayed just how awkward it is because, like, go watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you don't want to be if you don't want to be uncomfortable, please don't watch it. But if you're happy cringing it's perfect for you but like the thing is he has answered that question before he's basically his answer is fine he basically says that um he thinks the issue with violence comes more from like gun laws in America and maybe you should change them which is a pretty good response if I'm honest yeah um he literally that took me what 20 seconds to say he could have said that and then been silent. That's how you like. Don't you're not someone's puppet. Then you just have to like say minimal, and then they'll ask you a new yeah. question. It's so easy. Or just say, "I've kind of said all I need to say on that question." Um, can we? Can we do a different question? That's fine too. But what he did was just be arrogant. Yeah, and
1: go off on one and assume everyone no is
0: attacking him. When sometimes yeah. they're not attacking you. It's just a question. And they're being told to ask that question sometimes. Yeah.
1: And it's so, like, it just speaks to this, like, hugely fragile system oh, yeah. that can't handle, like... Yes, people are going to ask you the same mm-hmm. questions because you're doing press for the same film. Literally. So, like, obviously, there's only so much original thought that can come mm-hmm. out of the press machine. So, if
0: you're someone who watches like a fair amount of interviews, or like, f- for example, if you're like obsessed with one person, you watch all their interviews, you will notice mm. they get asked the same question over and over again. And they it's answer. It's a press it. pack. Yeah. It just yeah. happens like if one interviewer hears like an interesting story about you from another interview. They're going to ask you about it again because it's Mm -hmm. interesting and it'll get them views or reads or like whatever. Yeah, it happens. They clearly know that that was like a sore point for Quentin Tarantino at the time because his films are so violent (laughs) and he couldn't give Mm -hmm. a two-second response or just he could have literally said no, and then just sat there. That would have been fine.
1: Yeah, and it might have been he's a sulky brat, but we kind of knew that already. So it wasn't it wasn't going off on one. But and I think like. Are you saying his actual reason yeah. that it's he thinks it's more to do with the lack of gun violence, um, gun control in America. He has these strangely liberal views, which I think, like, and he's also been on police brutality marches yeah. and was called out by the police chief. So we're not saying like, not tarring him with one brush, but I think it's like, you have instances where your ego, your ego is so big that you cannot. But it just you know it comes back to think that same critically quote about again this, of like
0: you know, in theory, he is quite feminist. He is anti-racist yeah. a lot of the time. Or like, at least he thinks he's being. Um, yeah. And he's quite, generally, has quite progressive views a lot of the time. But then when it mm-hmm. comes down to it, it's what benefits my career? What's yeah. going to get me a bit further forward?
1: And it's strategic. Yeah. And it's hollow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's, now he's sort of having to defend himself against people being like, maybe you shouldn't treat women badly. And he's like, oh, I'm so tired of talking about it. Oh, I honestly I'm a, like, Let me just say the N-word. Let me just say it. It's fine. It's fine. I've done it twice. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine.
0: I feel like <laughs> I've never seen a person like that. You know, usually when you watch the career of someone as a director or a writer, mm. it's unusual for like their depiction of women to go downhill so massively. <laughs> and I do genuinely yeah. think that he thought, I've done Kill Bill. I've done enough. Like I, because yes. I've never seen it happen. We've before. covered that. Yeah, we've covered it. Most people yeah. get better. Like most people do. And like there wasn't. <laughs> so I think his first film had like no named female characters in. And then like oh, yeah, he got just, like, he got so much girl. yeah, and then he gets so much better for like two films, no, maybe like three, four films, and then yeah, deep decline, massive decline. I've never <laughs> seen it happen with anyone else. It's so interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs>
1: I think he's got like a big tick box where it's just like, who can I talk about next? And And then he just like,
0: That's why people like call him out maybe more because they have seen that he can do well. Like he can, he can be quite progressive in what he's saying. And then, like, so you look at, is it Christopher Nolan that, like, literally famously has the worst female characters ever? And no one really yes. focuses on it that much because he's never done it well. It's just not him, is it? Like, he's just not good <laughs> at it, poor boy. Um, but, like, if imagine if his first film or his first few films, he, like, he'd done, like, Little Women or something. Like, he'd literally <laughs> just produced Little Women. And then, like, the next film he does is, you know... Any other film of his, you'd be like, "What? What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. Like, you're more likely to call <laughs> it out because it's such a yeah. weird deviation to... from what you're used to. It's so bizarre. Anyway, that's but yeah, all I, have I think to that, say on that
1: that lands us squarely in the weird side, which appears to be that the man has a foot fetish. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, big time.
0: A couple of, I feel like it's worth mentioning, just a couple of things that I when you when we first decided on Quentin Tarantino. Things I recommend seeing that are weird. Um, last one being foot fetish. First one, I think it's when they're at the Cannes Film Festival for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they play it. And then something that they do quite a lot is they do standing ovations, but they last so so long, like like ten minutes standing ovations. And I'm not exaggerating. Why? And I really, I think it is Cannes, but you might have to double check. They're filming all the actors in it. But doing massive close ups of their face. And it's literally oh, like God. a close up on Margot Robbie for about a whole minute while people clap. And she's literally <laughs> she does not know where to look. And so that's one of the things. Please go and look at it. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it's one of the weirdest things. Um that's good. Another weird thing, and honestly it's not weird, but it's the fact that BJ Novak is in Inglorious Bastards. Is he? <laughs> yeah. It? He's one of the Inglorious Bastards. He has very few lines, but he's one of the ones that like he's one of the spoiler one of the only ones that survives at the end it's like him and brad pitt (laughs) and that's it um that's another very weird thing and then the final weird thing is feet Mm. why so many why it's and it's not just like
1: foot shots i didn't know this until i was like googling it he apparently once drank champagne from uma thurman's uh louboutins which is just gross yeah. even if it's Uma Thurman I would I would no, not I drink from anything from shoe. someone's shoe no. it's vile no, trench foot no and then um makes a cameo in From Dusk Till Dawn in 1996 where he's sucking Salma Hayek's toes
0: leave her alone that's so bizarre
1: isn't that gross like that's clearly like and she's such a beautiful actor yeah. and it's like he's clearly like this is my chance
0: Oh, disgusting! Oh, to get this
1: beautiful woman's feet in my mouth, like, and we'll film it, and the world's gonna see it forever, and it's like,
0: ooh, no! So <laughs> I feel like one of the weird... I feel like maybe he's fully embracing it now because it is a criticism he gets with most of his films. Because by the time he's done, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too many feet, too many unnecessary feet <laughs> shots, like foot shots. It's very bizarre. Um, Marg, I think it's like Margot Robbie with her feet up in the cinema, and the. F- camera angle is literally her feet is the first thing you see very strange to me why do i need to see her feet and the problem is like with a fetish you can't be subtle about a foot fetish at all (laughs) and also there is the thing like no one else so you either have a foot fetish or you hate feet is what i would say i don't think there's an (laughs) in between um because like most people don't like feet they don't like to look at them Mm -hmm. So the rest of us, when you're doing these intense foot shots, are just very uncomfortable. I'm confused. I'm sad. There's such a long one in Kill Bill where she's like, and it at least this would make sense, but at the same time, it still goes on too long. She's laying in the car, she can't walk, and she's like trying to will herself to move. And the way she does this is by being like, "Move your big toe, move your big toe." She's just staring at her feet for ages, but we don't need to see her feet for that long. <laughs> Like I and also like it, the fact is Uma Thurman she's very like I love her she's great she doesn't have like the best feet like she just has bang like bang average feet so I'm just like I could be looking at anyone's foot right now and I don't like that <laughs> I would need a foot double though because I, it's just too much pressure
1: I couldn't handle it I, yeah, well, foot I anxiety I performance anxiety for your feet <laughs>
0: One of those things, yeah. Be one of those things that you turn up on the day and you'd have like um, a barouca or something. I wouldn't have had one in years, and this would be the time to get. Although, would save me from Quentin Tarantino. So, thanks, feet.
1: Or maybe it'd give him a new edge to fetish. (laughs) The rest of his films are
0: just—he's like, I know I said I'd stop at ten, but I'm gonna continue because my foot fetish has grown. Do you think his last film is just gonna be pure foot?
1: Yeah, it's going to be from a foot's perspective.
0: That would probably be his best film.
1: A foot's journey. Just like walking (laughs) around.
0: It's his feet this time. Oh, no. It's his feet. Like, it's like, put yourself in my shoes. So (gasps) we're experiencing it, his feet, his foot perspective. And it's just like him thinking that everyone's like discriminating against him. (laughs) And everyone else is watching it like, what? This is you just, just how hear people like interact. swearing and sh- yeah, yeah. Sh-
1: swearing and shouting in the background, but from like this foot's perspective. It's it's like someone like- asking
0: him a normal question like, "What do you want for dinner, Quentin?" And he's like, "I refuse to answer that question. I've already answered it. <laughs> you know what I want. I've already answered this question. I'm shutting your butt down. Like it, it's that for three hours. Can't wait.
1: And I would, I would watch it. It
0: would win Oscars. <laughs> it would win Oscars. So." Um, that's... There you
1: go, Quentin. If you're stuck for ideas, yeah, we've just given he probably you. Probably
0: is. I feel like he is. <laughs> no, I mean, say what you want about him. There probably is an immense amount of pressure on him, and that's probably why he has, like, he's so rude when people question him in interviews, because mm. he's like probably worked for years. he did, a, he made a mistake by having like one of his early films be a very renowned film, mm. and you can't really come back from that, can you? No. And I feel like the problem is a lot of his more recent films people don't really love as much. Yeah. I don't think many people really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. No. I don't know anyone that's been like and, and fair enough if you have but I don't know anyone that's been like yeah this is my favourite film. And I'll be surprised if anyone calls it their favourite film. So
1: I've, I think it would be a red flag. I think we've established now if people's um, favourite films are any of Quentin Tarant- Tarantino's it's yeah. a wee bit of a red flag. <laughs>
0: I feel if they explained it, I'd be like, okay, okay. But if they just presented it in front of you and they were like, my favorite film is Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction. And then they wouldn't listen to anything else. I would be like, Oh, because fair enough. If it's one of your favorite films or you just really like the film, but it, why is it everyone's favorite film? Much to think about, much to think about. Um, so are we done with quentin we are okay, we bye. can lay him to rest if bye. there is another director you want us to talk about please tell us because we can um but let us know your thoughts on quentin Tarantino. i feel like a lot of people might disagree um and be like but he's a genius he can do what he wants It's just not my opinion and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he's done like a fair few negative things no quite like quite a substantial amount of negative things for me to feel this way so that's fine Yes, I'm feeling my yeah. feelings are valid right now
1: they uh, are valid
0: and we haven't just unnecessarily hated him and been like his films are shit but it's not what we think no. we just think he can be terrible Um, TikTok have you got one?
1: I've got one it's from at Tom, Tom Cardi um, who is a very clever Australian singer-songwriter? You okay. just you've probably seen him. Lots of people see his stuff. I'm not un- unearthing a hidden gem. have not. He's been verified that. on TikTok. Oh, okay. No. He's um, and it's called uh, the song that he's made is called Red Flag. Um, feet Montagel. Okay. And it turns out that she um her fa- It's like they go on a date. Yeah. And then her favorite film is *The Human Centipede*. Oh, big red
0: flag! I, mm. <laughs>
1: but it's, the melody is—it's so catchy, and the melody really good. And it's about them like her, him being indoctrinated into her way of *The Human Centipede*. Is like oh, so the best film ever created. That's how it ends. So it it's ends. a happy story. Oh, okay.
0: I <laughs> I don't know if I would describe that as happy. I feel like that's maybe a mistake too. <laughs> but okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, my favourite TikTok this week was by At Gracie Weiner I feel I'm saying that wrong But you can find it um, And it's like they're reading the behind the lyrics You know on Spotify they have that behind the mm-hmm. lyrics feature I'm assuming this is fake But if it's real it's incredible uh, But it's for the song Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton And it's like describing who Paris Hilton is So it's like Paris Hilton Model, socialite, reality TV star Actress, businesswoman and then there's like a pause <laughs> Reggae icon Um, (laughs) So I'm kind of obsessed with that And also as a sound I feel like it's perfect I feel like you could use that sound for anything Um,
1: So thank
0: you to those people You can either look for those TikToks Or we will probably present them to you On um, Instagram So Thank you for listening once again Let us know any of your thoughts you've had It could be anything your Mm -hmm. voice is annoying maybe that would be it maybe you want to tell me about that um but yeah that would be good and yeah thank you for listening goodbye
1: bye